Now let's just leap into this. Um, I, I want you to know, I, I forgot these things right down front. Um, if you are, um, if you're getting our emails, and I hope that you are, you probably saw this this week. We have, um, we have a, a, a commentary, it's by Warren Wearsby, it's called Be Confident. It's an excellent middle-of-the-road commentary that I think you will find helpful to our study in Hebrews, and we purchased a number of copies that are for sale in our resource center that it's right across the hallway, right over here. And I believe that they already sold a bunch of them this morning, and there's only three left. So we're going to auction them off after the service. Actually, they're going to go ahead and order a bunch more. Because I think this is going to be such a help. If you want to go ahead and work through this while we study Hebrews, what a tremendous help for you. These will be for sale back there. And another book that may be an encouragement to you, we have just a couple copies of this. This is a book our elders are going through right now. We have two extra copies of these available. It's called Church Elders, How to Shepherd God's People Like Jesus. And if you've been curious about elder ministry or maybe even um, feel maybe God would be encouraging you or nudging you to elder ministry in the future, or maybe you've been an elder in the past, um, there's two of these books that are available in the Resource Center, and I would encourage you to, um, to look at those in the Resource Center following our service. So check those out uh, if you would. So now grab your East Bay Weekly, look on the back of there, Hebrews chapter 1. I want you to be familiar again with what is going on. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 through 35, it exposes the big concern. This is what's on the heart of the writer of Hebrews. This is why the occasion of the writing comes about. And so the writer mentions this. Notice this in, in Hebrews 10, 32 through 35. The writer says, remember those earlier days. Here's the big expose. After you received the light. So he's saying, after you became a believer in Jesus, when you endured a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated you suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. And then here's the admonition. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. So here's the concern that the writer of Hebrews has. And just follow along. And it's going to help the whole text make a lot of sense. He says, you folks, when you became believers, you came from a prior religion. You came from Judaism. You were so steeped in ceremonies. You had a religion that was so reliant on priests and on prophets and on rituals and he says, and then after you became a believer, you were confident in Jesus Christ, but then you went through trouble. 
And his concern was, when you went through difficulty, he did not want them to throw away their confidence in Jesus. Don't throw away your confidence. He did not want them to revert back to confidence in what it was before. So what was their confidence in before? What was he concerned about them going back to? And that's what the whole beginning of Hebrews is about. And that's what we're going to look at in chapter 1, verses 1 through 3 here this morning. I want to give you, before we look at it, I want to give you a couple thoughts about Revelation, just to kind of wade into the shallow end of the pool. Here's a couple thoughts about Revelation. They're right there in your study guide. There's two primary ways that God has revealed himself to us. Two ways God has revealed himself to us. One is through creation and natural means. There are things we can understand about God by looking at our world, by looking at creation, by looking at the heavens. We can look at what's around us and say, wow, God is powerful. God is huge. God is immense. God is brilliant and wise. And the, the God, the way that God reveals himself through creation and natural means is called general revelation. General revelation. Now I want you to think about this. When he reveals himself specifically supernaturally when he interjects himself with a special message that he has. In other words, there were other times in the Bible where he would, would reveal himself through dreams or visions. Um, there were times where even there was a writing on the wall. That is called special revelation. In fact, if you hold a copy of the scriptures in your hand, the scriptures are special revelation. These are supernatural ways that God has revealed himself to mankind. It's not a general creation. This is a special supernatural interjection of himself to us. It's special revelation. That's the type of revelation God is talking about in Hebrews chapter 1. So check it out. Hebrews 1, 1 to 3. Here's how it starts. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. It was at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word after he had provided purification for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Here we go. Grab your East Bay Weekly. Here's number one. The writer mentions God initially communicated through the prophets. He mentions, 
here's what you could go back to. Here's what you could place your confidence back on. And he mentions in the past, the prior way, this is the way that it happened long ago. Now he's about to show it was upgraded. But this was the way it was done before. It was through the prophets. These were men called by God. The initial recipient of the revelation was the prophet. The prophet received the revelation, and then in turn, he, or, or they would give this to the people of Israel. And notice it was at many times there was a series of portions or time periods through which God revealed himself through a succession of prophets. It was at many times, it was in different ways. Sometimes the prophet would hear audibly. Sometimes the prophet would receive a dream. Sometimes the prophet would have a vision. Now it's interesting because even though the prophet at this point was revered. Even though um, sometimes Israel at this point would name drop the prophet back then, um, Israel didn't always listen to the prophet. In fact, many times they would kill their prophets because they didn't want to hear the message. The prophet would come forward and say, thus saith the Lord. You need to start changing this. And then they would say, you know what? We really don't like the message, so um, we're going to do away with you. And that really shouldn't surprise us a whole lot. How many of you have ever given a message to your children through another child? And, you know, tell your child, hey, I want you to tell the other kids I want them to clean their room. How well does that go over? Now, Lisa and I have never experienced this with our children, but we've read books and understand that some of you may, and so we feel for you with that. Israel struggled with their prophets at times, but now that they're all deceased, they revered them and their writings. But... That's how God spoke in the past. Notice this. There's a big word here. In fact, there's three key words in the text. In verse 1, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through. The word through is a key word. I have it circled in my Bible. He spoke through the prophets. The next key word is Verse 2, the first word there, but, there's a change. There's a new way. And it's this way, it's the second thing we're going to talk about. God then communicated through Jesus. God then communicated in a new way. In a superior way. And that's what this but is setting up. In these last 
days, but in these last days, this word stands in contrast to the very first phrase, in the past. It becomes a loaded term, meaning there is a new era. There is something superior that's replacing the old. There's a new age, there's a new dispensation. The old is being upstaged with something so much greater, it's not even comparable. And since this is in some ways talking about a communication thing, the, the, only, the only thing I can mention is, um, you know, some people can't even comprehend how communication has changed. Like, for instance, phones. This may blow some young people away, but phones didn't start with the iPhone 11. I don't know, how many, you remember a long ways ago, probably the biggest time I dealt with phones when I was growing up was the phone that was mounted on the wall that had the cord, and the cord was probably about this long, and when you wanted to talk, you stood, and for us it was in the kitchen, right there, and you talked on the phone, and it really made for awkward dating relationships, but that was your spot. But I'm old enough, I even remember before that, there was the phone that sat on the desk with the rotary dial. Now, uh, some of you still with me here? I see some heads nodding and you're not just falling asleep. Some of you are with me, it goes back even farther it even goes back before that. I mean, there's Morse code. I mean, there's smoke signals still used in some portions of Kingsley. <laughs> I mean, communication goes way, 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 way back where people tried to communicate. And so here the text is saying there is a current way that God is communicating. And let me just tell you, he says, it is so far superior to what was in the past. What you had before from the prophets, he communicated, the key word was through. Let me show you the next key word. It's in verse 2. But in these last days he has spoken to us by. By his son. It's not just through. He's spoken to us by his son. Jesus Christ is God speaking to us. You talk about an upgrade, folks. This no longer is an indirect conversation that God has through a prophet. Jesus Christ, his revelation to us is God's direct revelation to us. Now, if that's not good enough, I just need you for a moment 
to fasten your seatbelts there in your seat because the writer is going to give us six things that show us how Jesus Christ is so far superior to all the prophets. It's just going to blow you away. Let's walk through the text together. How is Jesus superior to the prophets? Number one, he is heir of all things. Verse two, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things. Let me just mention, Jesus, the heir of all things, in the end, it all belongs to Jesus. So what belongs to Jesus in the end? I'm going to tell you all the position. Philippians 2.9 says, Jesus has the name that is above every name. All the reverence belongs to Jesus in the end. Philippians 2, 10 and 11, that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. All the worship belongs to Jesus in the end. Revelation 19, 6 and 7 says, Hallelujah. For your Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and give him glory. Speaking of Jesus, he is the heir of all things. Number two, he is the creator of the universe. Another way is superior to the prophets. And he mentions it point blank. He is heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. He made it all. Colossians 1, 15 and 16, look at this verse. It says, the Son is the image of the invisible God the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So this is another way the writer says, you know what, if, you didn't, if you're still wondering if the prophets are better than Jesus, number one, Jesus in the end, he gets it all. Number two, in the beginning, he made it all. Number three, he is the radiance or the eminence. He's the brightness of God's glory. And the text mentions it in verse three. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. He's the brightness of his glory. And, and it kind of refers to, if anyone's ever heard some of the Old Testament terminology, the Shekinah glory, what came from the Old Testament tabernacle, this brilliant light, this radiant light showing the residence of God. Jesus is to the Father what the rays of the sun are to the sun. And John 1.14 says, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And so here Jesus, in the end, he gets it all. In the beginning, he made it all. He is the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation of God's being. Notice how verse 3 goes on. And the exact representation of his being, the exact imprint 
like a fingerprint match of God. If you want to know what God the Father is like, boom, Jesus. That is what God is like. It's Jesus Christ. Colossians 2.9 says it as plain as day that in him, in Jesus, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells in bodily form. Now, it just doesn't get any plainer than that, gang. Number five, he's the sustainer of everything. And so the text continues, sustains all things by his powerful word. The universe, you want to know how everything stays together? Life, you, me, everything holds together because of Jesus Christ's powerful word. And Colossians 1.17 says it, says he's before all things and by him all things hold together. And then if that's not good enough, that he is, in the end it all belongs to him. In the beginning it all came from him. He is the radiance of God's glory. He is the fingerprint of God. He's the one that holds it all together. And then here's number six. He's the one who died for us. And it mentions at the very end, he says, after he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. He's the one who died for us. He provided purification for sins. But God demonstrates his love for us Romans 5, 8, in this, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So here we go. This is it. So if they're drifting, if they're drifting back to the prophets, if they're saying, you know what, we're going through suffering, maybe going Jesus' way isn't the way. Maybe our old religion was the way to go. Maybe relying in the way it was was the better way. Maybe this Jesus thing isn't the way. He says, whoa, snap out of that one quick. Jesus is so far superior. God didn't speak through him. He is God speaking. And if that's not enough, he says, he is the heir of all things. What prophet is the heir of all things? What prophet created the universe? What prophet is the radiance of God's glory? What prophet is the exact representation of God's being? I love this one. What prophet sustains the universe, huh? And here's the big one. And I could just see the writer of Hebrews, if they had a microphone back then, getting ready for the mic drop. And what prophet died for you, folks? And with that one, it's kind of like, boom, mic drop. What prophet died for you? Are you with me, people? Do you believe these same things about Jesus? I mean, isn't he worthy of all of our confidence today? Do you kind of sense What the writer is saying, like, there's no reason to go back to what it was. I mean, Jesus is so far the upgrade. 
my cousin Missy, she just posted um, this past week online on Facebook. She says she has three birthdays. Uh, one is her, her regular birthday where she came into the world. and Another one is her spiritual birthday where she believed in Jesus, um, that he died on the cross for her sin. And then she says another birthday is when she received um, her bone marrow transplant. And she mentions the guy's name. And she says that's when she received life again. It was a big deal. And so... Um, and that day just passed recently, um, that birthday that she talks about. She, um, I remember a number of years ago, after she had received her bone marrow transplant, she had received a signed letter. And the, all of this was kind of worked out from uh, relatives. She's a total fanatic of a particular football team. I'm not going to mention the team because it doesn't represent the views or opinions of the management of East Bay Calvary Church. But um, she's an absolute ridiculous fanatic of this team. And, um, and her relatives worked out this arrangement where this, um, this team wrote her a letter, a personal letter, and, and said, um, you can do this, Missy. And we believe in you. And, and the, whole, the whole football team signed it. And they sent it to her. And I, and I remember when she took a picture of this letter and posted it to Facebook and how excited she was that she received this letter. And um, that meant so much to her. But then beyond that, because I watch football myself, you ever see these commercials where the players actually go into the hospital themselves? And they walk up to the bed. You see the eyes of the people in the bed light up when those players walk up to the bed personally and touch those people that are sick and that are hurting. It's a whole different deal. When they sit with them, when they talk with them, when they hug with them, and, and that's the difference. He's saying, you know what? I, I sent revelation through other people. God did. And it was a big deal. Then he said, but then I came to you personally. I came to you personally in Jesus. That was me. And I want you to have confidence and I want it to remain in Jesus Christ. Don't go back to the prophets. Don't go back to your old religion. Don't go back to what you used to rely in. Keep your confidence in Jesus Christ even when times are tough. Keep your confidence in Jesus Christ. That's what the writer's saying. So I want to give you two things to think about as we finish up our time together. Here's number one um, by way of application there on the back of your East Bay Weekly. Um, number one, 
don't get caught up in the messenger. This is kind of what Israel was doing. Don't get caught up in the messenger. You know, it's not about the prophet. Now, I'm not expecting anyone here to get caught up in prophets. Like, man, I love Isaiah more than Jesus. I'm not expecting anyone to say that. But we do live in a day when we get too caught up in names of pastors, theologians, teachers, authors. And it's really not about the messenger. It's not. We're just messengers. Here to tell you about someone so much greater, it's Jesus. Remember I went and visited some people from a previous ministry? They were a little too caught up in myself and my wife, and I remember I, I went there to visit them at their house, and we were sitting with them for a while, and they were just kind of goo-goo a little bit, and I thought, man, this is really weird. And they said, come over and see our fish. And so I went over to see their fish, and they said, um, they had two fish in there. This one's Pastor Brian, and that one's Lisa. I thought, that's a... Uh, I told a friend that recently, and they said, oh, were they sucker fish? I said, careful, they were piranha. Yeah. You know, the teacher, the evangelist, the TV personality, they're people. You know, Chuck Swindoll, John MacArthur, Beth Moore, Andy Stanley, Craig Groeschel, Stephen Furtick, Matt Chandler, Brian Conover, Sheldon Reist, Dallas Dix, Jonathan Mast. doesn't mean we disrespect because the Bible has things to say but can we just be plain about things our reliance is in Jesus Christ it's not about the messenger and then here's number two I mean it's the obvious one keep your confidence in Jesus Keep your confidence in Jesus. Now, when we talk about confidence, here's the word. Confidence means belief that one can rely on someone or something. Belief that one can rely on someone or something. A firm trust. It's that, that reliance and it can always be in Jesus. And I, and I love this because the text mentions when he had provided purifications for sin, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. I, I like this. He did it and he sat down. There's no more work to do. Like, done. Nothing left to accomplish. It's finished. 
and we can have confidence in him, it's all done. He has accomplished the work for us and is reliable to get us through life in whatever we're dealing with. And so I've I've just written down some things. We can have confidence in him for our forgiveness. Think about it. Confidence that he paid it all when he died on the cross. And, And no way do we have confidence in us for our forgiveness or I can get myself into heaven not by works of righteousness we have done but by his mercy he saved us Martin Luther has this great quote he says what is it about your own miserable works and doings that you think you could please God more than the sacrifice of his own son I love it Confidence that his work did it all. Jesus paid it all. Confidence in him for forgiveness. Confidence in him for our problems. I like this. He's seated. He's not pacing. God's not in the throne room going back and forth, biting his nails like, oh, what are we going to do now? How are we going to handle this? I never, never imagined that this would happen. Nothing catches him by surprise. He's got it all figured out. We can have confidence no matter what we go through. God understands. He knows. It's for our good. It's for his glory. We can have confidence in him for our future. We don't have to manipulate. We don't have to go outside of his will to make things happen. His plans are right. We can trust him. And I don't know. Fill in the blank, folks. You can have confidence in him for your fill in the blank. For your what? For your relationship? For your marriage? for your finances, for your health, for your children, for your addiction, for your employment. I've looked over our church prayer list the past few weeks. There's a lot of things on there, folks, that we need to have the confidence in our God for. Philippians 1.5 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to do something different here this morning, and in doing something different, that makes it a normal Sunday. You know, we're a family. Um, We come together, we sing together, we give together, we serve together, we get sick together. Uh, We learn together, and today we're going to pray together. So would you just stand with me for a moment? 
what I would love for us to do, and it may be a little logistically more challenging for balcony people, um, can we really put this into practice? There are some people we need to truly put our confidence in God for some specific things. And I would love for us just to cluster into groups of six to ten. I know you may be a guest today, and you may be like, wow, this is a little weird. Okay, I understand. You don't have to do anything or say anything. Just realize we're all here for each other. Cluster into groups of six to ten. And some of you may be like, you know what, I need, I need to have confidence in God for my kid or for my health. Some of you may want to share something in that little cluster group. Some of you just may want to smile and just be a support. And then if there's a, a prayer or two or three, you just go ahead and just two or three quick prayers in your group that we really have confidence in God for what's going on in our lives. Just do that. We're just going to really three to four minutes, that's all. Cluster groups of six to ten, and then I'm going to pray at the end. Will we do that? Just really quick. Just cluster together. Just cluster together. Grab people right around you, would you? Just make it quick. Cluster together. Father, as we finish up our time, um, I pray, God, that we would truly lean. Our reliance would be on Jesus. May we trust in the Lord with all of our heart, not lean on our own understanding. but rather in Christ alone, not in religious figures or ceremonies, not just in people hoping they come through, but God, may, may Jesus receive the reliance that he is due. May he know that we really have assurance in him that our hope is in him, in Christ alone. In every circumstance, and all of East Bay Calvary said,